Hey everyone, welcome to FakeCast. I'm your host, Deraja Giddings, here with Timothy, Steve, and Derek. Today's topic is going to be on abortion, but before we get started, let's go into prayer. Would anyone like to lead us in prayer? I'll do it. Let's pray together. Father God, you, your love is, is just undeniable that, that you would come and send your son to die for us when we were still your enemies, Lord. It is, it is incredible, and your mercy is so great. Um, God, right now, you know, we're about to be talking about abortion. And I just want to lift up those individuals who you formed in the womb who will be murdered before they take their first breath. Um, God, I beg you to, to effect with the hope of your gospel and the voices of your people, effect a change in this country. Put an end to this slaughter, Lord. It is grievous and heinous. And uh, God, I just pray that you would move and do something about it, Lord. As we come here to, to discuss this, um, really, we're seeking to be a part of that. We want to bring some perspective maybe to, to certain people that that might be listening to this that either haven't heard it or don't know or are pro-life already, but they don't know, you know what they can do about it, Lord. I pray that anyone who listens to this podcast would be edified and uh, those who listen and us participating as well would come away from it just a, a little bit closer to Christ, Lord. Uh, so please, please do that now, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you for that. So my first question is, what is abortion for those who may not know? Uh, can I answer that question? Yeah, go for it. Alrighty. So basically what abortion is, uh, ab- ab- aborting, first of all, just means to be getting rid of, right? Uh, like you hear fighters say, abort, abort, meaning to leave, to uh, escape. Uh, basically what abortion is, is the safe way of removing the, of removing the, the fetus outside of the womb. It's very disgusting and nasty. Uh, there's, there's really nothing I can say to make it much more cleaner, but, uh, that's, that's basically what it, what it is, is removing the fetus before, uh, it is supposed to be removed before its birth, um, to ultimately the, to terminate it, to, to get rid of it. So that, that's really what abortion is. It's really sick. I'm, I'm sorry for whoever is uh, listening to this, but that's just by definition what it is. So does anybody else have anything to add to that? So why do people do abortions? You know, I've been looking at statistics about this a lot lately. And so to end the life, the human life of the young child growing inside a woman's womb is is a is a, such a serious thing, and as a country, I think we've really minimized it. That about three thousand babies in the womb every day are killed by abortion. These numbers are staggering. That's a nine eleven every day, and and the the primary reason in this country, uh, in the U.S. for for this is effectively boils down to convenience. You have reasons like I don't want a baby affecting my future. I don't want any more kids. You know, I, I just met the guy I had sex with, and so I don't, I, I don't want the child. Or you know, a lot of a lot of young girls who are having sex, and and are and are young and don't want to give up their dreams for college, or their parents don't want them to give up their dreams for college. And the solution is kill the baby, and it's just it's really brutal. So so it's actually ninety five percent, depending on the statistics you look at, it's anywhere from ninety three to over ninety eight percent. And uh, the other reasons, the the very few. Are get, the reasons are given as, as rape or incest, medical necessity, but that's really the, the very small minority 
all the other categories I talked about are kind of collectively termed convenience abortions because it's basically, I don't want my life to change. Um, I don't want the, I don't want to carry this baby. I don't want the, the stress of it. So um, it's, it's really, it's really upsetting. I know like another argument is that the baby in the womb is not a human yet, or uh, there's like a certain time before it's, you're allowed to abort it. Yeah, but my um my thing is like even if it you should still take responsibility for that child and murdering it in my eyes is not right and it doesn't matter how old it is in the womb, it's to me it's still murder. And I feel the exact same way. It's cause no matter how often or how big the baby is, you're still carrying human life in you. And determining what and how it's going to be and what time and everything else like that, I believe that's a sin against God, and it is a sin. And it doesn't have any life. It, it, it hasn't seen outside of this womb, and you're you're effectively cutting it out and everything else like that. And I don't think that's right. Like who's like going to be born into poverty or someone who doesn't have who wants to abort their child because they don't have enough money to take care of it, I still think that's not good reason enough. Like, No, that's not good enough reason to take to take another life. I consider it murder. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, and it's not just about what we consider it, right? It's, it's really the, the issue here is God's authority on taking another human life with malice aforethought is, is murder. And is is exactly. but here's the, the key uh, issue: the the key disagreement here between pro-life and pro-abortion is that is it a human life? That's the question. That's the question. They they'll say, well, really, the, it's been that question has been answered since DNA was discovered, and a little later on, it was discovered that um, when when a sperm and an egg meet. It creates a new human life with its own complete genetic code that will never be any different from the time it's conceived to the day that that person dies. And it's it's a distinct life from the mother. It's not a clump of cells like used to be argued or, or any of that. It, it is a distinct human life. And so now the way the debate is going is they're trying to say, well, it's not a person. And, and it's some of the reasons, you know, I think Diraje touched on this where it's not a person because it hasn't been born yet, or it's not, you know, I, I run into this a lot. Like it's not thinking yet. So it's not a person. And that's what they say. And they dehumanize it. And that's what happens in Holocausts. <laughs> that's what happened with the, with the Jews in Germany is Hitler dehumanized the Jews and said, they're not really human. So we can kill them. That's what's happening right now with babies in the womb. Yeah. And I think it's just an excuse. And cause I don't know, I don't want to be, too political but i just think like i don't want think the government wants to bear that responsibility or put money towards helping those who need need the funds to support their child or stuff and like i feel like the government should like try to help families who are struggling with that instead of like allowing them to uh get rid of their child yeah that's another excuse I feel uh, I feel like people like to use a lot is the whole thing. Well, these babies will be born into poverty. 
Uh, I think being in poverty is, uh, you know, way more better than dying because one, you're dead. And two, <laughs> uh, you know, just the fact that you have a life to begin with, whether you're poor or rich. And the thing is that there are many programs uh, in America, in, in specifically this country, to help uh, parents that don't have the funds or the means to support their children. A lot of times, the reason why parents would like to say these things is because they're lazy and they didn't really want to be on, on top of what they need to do. And that's another thing, too, is the responsibility of it. They want to do things uh, they want to have fun with, but they don't want the responsibility that comes out of it. And that's the thing. They're, they're being careless. Right. Um, and that's the main problem is laziness and carelessness. And that's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's really horrible. You know, we're talking about about 18 million abortions. I believe it's uh, between like 1973. You know, it's it's been nuts, man. It's it's, it's been ridiculous how many. too. It's yeah. about a million a year, which is just a yeah. staggering number that we can't even really get in our head. That's why I brought up the 3,000 a day because that's a little bit easier to wrap our heads around, but it's still staggering. Yeah, it's like. They, they, they do this every day. They, and a lot of people don't even know what happens in abortion rooms. Like when they're performing, um, I'm going I'm to get a little bit graphic here, but I'm going I'm to try and keep it, you know, nice. And because I don't, I don't want anybody to get disgusted, whoever's listening to this, but you guys need to know this. Uh, they use a, a suction catheter when you're about one to maybe three, four weeks pregnant. And what happens is they'll, they'll poke that little suction catheter into, into your, uh, your nether regions. And what will happen is they'll turn that on, it'll suck the baby out, and it'll violently rip it and, and tear it apart. Like, it'll just destroy the baby. And if it's late-term abortion, mid-term abortion, they use clamps. And uh, those clamps are very dangerous, too, because once they go inside your nether region, uh, they poke around. They have to guess what's in there. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very it's, – it's not they, good because they poke they it around – yeah, they literally yeah. rip the baby limb from limb and then crush the head and watch the yeah. brain run out. And then yeah, they have to put it all back together on a tray and make sure they got it all. It's it's so yeah, it's so brutal. And yeah. The thing is like this isn't talked about as much and so like I think a lot of the reason like when you have a ministry like Apologia that goes to abortion clinic with signs of actual pictures of babies that have been dismembered in an abortion. Sometimes people see the reality of this and their conscience gets hit hard and they're burdened yeah. to repentance. But I mean, the, the real, you know, the real thing we need, and I, I've tried to approach this conversation, but from both directions, but I'm convinced like, this is just, this is like a Romans one style judgment on America. God is giving us up as a country, as a nation, to what we prefer over him. So we're getting away from these Christian values and, and look at the merciless slaughter of innocence that's going on. Um, yeah. New York uh, recently passed a law saying that you can have an abortion even after birth, which I find weird, which I don't even understand because then it'd just be considered murder. I mean, there's yeah. controversy within the laws itself because they charge you double homicide if you were to go kill a woman and that was pregnant. Yeah. That that's that's just uh hypocrisy. Like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a major yeah. logical contradiction. And, and I agree with you there because well, and why have abortion 
first place because one, what what he just said, he killed someone pregnant, that that has double murder. But then, why do they turn around and say, "Oh, you can abort your kid," whereas if you kill someone with the kid inside you, to all the ladies out there listening or the mothers listening, it counts as double murder. But why offer the whole thing abortion anyway, when effectively it, you can just kill kill the baby or 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 Leon? Like I don't get that at all. Yeah, like, I don't get uh, that. Bef- before uh, most of the time before the abortion is performed, when you're in that room, uh, they do a sonogram on you, which is very horrifying because you get to see the body and the head and the. And if you're up to, you know, a certain amount of weeks, the, even the face of that little baby that is about to be slaughtered, you get to see what it looks like before it gets brutally dismembered and killed. And it is not, it doesn't sit right in my stomach. Like my, my stomach, like gets, dis- I get disgusted when I talk about this because it's like, how do you d- d- just look at a child? You look at the baby that is, you know, that is inside of you and you hear the heartbeat, you hear everything, you look at the sonogram and you want to go and, and you're just saying, all right, well, it's time to kill. You know, that's, that makes no sense. And then they don't, they don't like calling it uh, killing. They don't. That's why they perform the term abortion or are you for 86, which if you don't know what 86ing is, it's just to throw away. And it's a pretty weird term because if you actually listen to it, are you for 86? Are you for throwing this kid away? As what Dr. Kent Hovind once said, it's crazy, man. Yeah, and I think we need to, like as Christians, we need to just try to bring the gospel into this darkness. Yeah. You know, because that's really, like, what, what you see, what the mindset that you see right now is the result. Like, ideas, ideas have consequences. And the natural, logical consequence of a naturalist worldview, meaning the natural world is all there is. There's nothing supernatural all the way from the big bang through evolution. We're just basically evolved fish or evolved bacteria walking around. There's no value to human life. People act like there's value to the human life because they really can't overcome the image of God that's placed on them, but they suppress that and they say, they, they, they act or they, they say, they think they believe that human life has no value. But then, you know, because they've been taught, we just are evolved bacteria in a universe that doesn't care. This is what schools are teaching. So you have the, the, what they think about what they believe, and then you have the actual thing that they do. And you can see that they, they do know that there's a value to human life. This is the image of God in them, in that they place a value on the mother's right to be an autonomous person who has her own choice. When they say it's the mother's body, it's her choice. In that moment, they are prescribing objective value to the mother's life that their worldview of naturalism cannot justify. And so yep. it like shows through anyway. And this is what Paul talks about suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. It's it's yep. in, in Romans again. It's just, it's, it's sad really. I mean, I, I really, my heart breaks. I think, you know, I think we as Christians need to wake up to this and be way more actively pro-life as a collective church body than we are. I mean, I recently, I've been, vehemently against abortion uh, for a long time. It makes me sick, like you said, Timothy, but me being outraged isn't, isn't 
and and intellectually against abortion hasn't done anything. And so recently yeah. I started volunteering with a local pro-life organization and I learned things that like, if I don't know this as a pro-lifer, like most women probably don't really know this. You can get like in my state and in many states, you can get a hundred percent healthcare coverage if you have a baby and can't afford to the healthcare that you need for the pregnancy. And then, you know, adoption, adoption is a, is a perfectly reasonable option. I'm not denying that there's bad situations out there, but I think like, like you said earlier, it's, it's ridiculous to say this kid's going to have a hard life. So we should kill it. <laughs> it doesn't like, it's should like, we kill the one-year-olds who are living in poverty? My family grew up in poverty. There was a time where me and my, and my brother and my mother were in a family shelter. Uh, I'm blind in one eye. My brother has vision problems as well. Um, we went to the school for blind and visually impaired kids. We were not, uh, you know, regular normal kids. No, I'm on disability and, and stuff like that. You know, my, my mother at that time when me and my brother were younger, wasn't making a lot of money. And I find it pretty odd because my mother would pray to God and would beg him, uh, that me and my brother will be taken care of. And the Lord provided. Uh, when it comes to children, Jesus does not play. He will make sure that they are taken care of. Granted, evil people do evil things to children, and that is only because of the, uh, you know, the, the freedom that us as individuals have. You know that we're able to to do. If you're an evil person, you're obviously going to do evil things if you're not in Christ. Uh, and sometimes sick people do sick things to other people. But what I'm trying to get across is that if, if you just put your trust in the Lord and will just, you know, honestly pray and come to him, uh, you will see stuff happen that is incomprehensible. And it's like, oh, man, you know, my mother struggled trying to raise me and my brother. And then my sister came along later down the line. Does that mean she should have killed us at any time? No, because we're here today and we're fine right now. Uh because we trusted in Jesus. And, and that's the thing that people also forget is that they tend to rely on themselves. Uh, they tend to rely on tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. When God, obviously, when Jesus taught not to rely, you know, on tomorrow because tomorrow has its own problems. You know, um, he said that, you know, that we are worth more than the sparrows. You know, that he'll, he'll, he told us not to worry about what clothes we will wear. Uh, what will be fed these things are going to be taken care of for us so it's Amen. like you, you as a parent you know trust in jesus he's going to take care of you i understand it's hard and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do but instead you're just going to cause yourself stress which is unnecessary when you have a lord and savior who bore all your wrath for you i'm pretty sure he can you know give you a sandwich to eat or, or give you a shirt like it's not a problem for him so <laughs> it's it's crazy it's it's just really crazy and i mean i think i think too like that that Daraja brought up a good point earlier like i agree like a lot of a lot of people on the on the pro quote unquote pro choice side and and i really hate pro choice as a moniker as though we're anti choice because that's what comes out a lot in the polarized debates you see in the us and really, yeah. we support four choices, abstinence, contraception, motherhood, adoption. We just don't support the choice that involves murder. So 
And the, the crazy thing is like, yeah, we need to be providing, we need to be providing more for like, I mean, I think, you know, you've got absolutely the greedy, greedy 1% in this country, you know, buying our, our, our government. And I'm, I don't affiliate with Democrat or Republican. I'm not <laughs> bashing one side or the other. I really dislike them both. I think the two party system keeps both parties in power and negates real choice because both parties are ultimately in the pockets of big money interests. And you have, you know, all this money funneling to the greedy, you know, upper 1% of 1% and, or half a percent or whatever it is. And it leaves, you know, people in poverty in this country and we're the richest country in the world. It's ridiculous. No one should be homeless in this country. And children certainly should not be living in poverty. It's ridiculous. But you have, you know, so we should be providing healthcare and, and adopting kids. And, you know, that's, that's amazing. And I think that's something that we should do as, as Christians um, and, and supporting, you know, pro-life pregnancy centers don't just try to stop people from getting abortions. They provide free diapers, free clothes, anything that they can to these mothers. And you look at like on the reverse side, Planned Parenthood, um, for anyone who supports Planned Parenthood, if you don't already know about its racist roots, and I know that's going to sound sensational, but just look up Margaret Sanger, Margaret Sanger, S-A-N-G-E-R. She founded Planned Parenthood with the express explicit purpose of reducing the black population. Planned Parenthood makes an absolute killing off of the slaughter of innocents in this country. It is absolutely a money-driven business. And, and they have put forth this propaganda that has gotten people to still be saying, you still hear people say, it's just a clump of cells. It's not. It's a unique human life with a complete DNA. It's a growing human life. And every one of us standing here today and everyone listening to this podcast and everyone on earth not listening to this podcast started their life as a single cell. And, and all of our mothers carried us through a pregnancy that was not easy. <laughs> Pregnancies aren't. I acknowledge that. But I don't think that the nine months of, of inconvenience can override the value of a human life. And I, and, um, I think if parent, if kids would just listen to their uh, family members or the mom or dad, and if I, and I, and if I, th and I think that, um, if America, as Americans, we should go back to avoid having sex until after marriage i think that would help avoid all this i mean of course yeah this is another case where we violated and gotten away from god's laws and god's laws are good for us you i can name you know le less unwanted pregnancies or or you know much less unwanted pregnancies um you know, no pregnancies that are probably going to derail the rest of your life in a, in a massively negative way. If you're not having sex until after you're married, much, much fewer STDs being spread. I mean, more pleasure in lovemaking. There's, there's plenty of studies that show that the less partners you have, the better, the better you enjoy your, your partner that you end up with. So it's, it's all, it's all getting away from God's law at some point. And that's why we need to bring the gospel in among it because you engage, you know, you can engage pro-choice people and try to try to show them the inconsistency in the logic and, and believe that all of the reasons they use to dehumanize the 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 conceived child in the womb 
are logically inconsistent. You basically have size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependence. Well, you know, a, a one year, you, if you say it's just a tiny, it's just, it's tiny. Well, my, you know, a, a one-year-old is smaller than a five-year-old is smaller than a, you know, the size is not a consistent measure. It's, it's, it's something that you could apply. Any of these that you could apply to a child, basically, or any other human that, that someone knows is fully human, you show that there's a contradiction in these, and all four of them have contradictions. But you can, you know, I think I, you can do that and argue with someone and, and try to change their mind, but I think it's the gospel that, that really needs to speak hope and truth into their life, is that the reason you have, you know, <laughs> your hurt and your pain is the sin in the world, and, and we know it's not supposed to be like this, and, and, and God and Jesus, you know, came to save us and, and, and we can, we can return to him and have fellowship with him. And, and that hope needs to permeate the culture again. It's almost time to wrap it up. But before um, I like to point out some scriptures, um, Exodus twenty thirteen, one of the 10 commandments that you shall not murder Proverbs 16 Proverbs 6, 16 and 19. There are there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that makes haste to run to evil, a false witness who breaks out lies, and one who sows discord amongst others. So yeah, there's some verses there that points out um, the wrongness of abortion. But yeah, I'd also like to end off on like, what are some ways that us as Christians could help? I mean, could stand up against abortion, or how can we like contribute and help stop it? If there's, if we well, can. maybe um, maybe donate to the people that are trying to. Um, help the babies. Maybe that, like the people, you know, the people that are trying to help, you know, give these babies food, um, diapers, clothes, and donate to, to charities that will help support them. Whereas, or volunteer you know, instead of going straight to abortion, maybe donate our time, effort, and talents to people that are helping these these mothers, you know. Yes, Christian listening to this podcast, please, 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 please donate to or volunteer at your local crisis pregnancy center, pro-life crisis pregnancy center, if at all possible. And I uh, should know this. My mother was, in, was a lab technician. And uh, also adopt <laughs> families, you know, families and churches come together, adopt, adopt children in, in need of adoption in, in rough situations. I think we need to, we need to certainly be that light. Yeah. Um, I just, I just like to say before it uh, ends, um, for some, for some Christians out there who may be listening, um, another, another good way, you know, to do this is, you know, to, I know street evangelism isn't for everybody. Uh, but it's very important, you know, uh, that we go out there and we help people. So if, if I uh, just pray and ask God 
to equip you and help you. And just go out there. You don't have to scream and shout. You don't have to tell people they're going to hell. But just try and convince the people what they're doing is is wrong. You know, try and, you know, help them out. You know, uh, lead them to places like Apology uh, Church. Uh, for Christians, you know, who want to know how to, you know, end abortion more faster, want to help it, uh, I suggest you you know, go down to your local church and you guys sign up for endabortionnow.com. It's the whole entire like team of, of just for that, of, of ending abortion. They give you guys free training and, and all that crazy stuff. So get involved with that. It's really good, you know? And for any Christians listening, because I know they were out there who might not think it's a, it's a, it's a life in the womb. In Luke 1, verses 39 through 45 we see john the baptist in the womb of his mother leaping oh, yeah. at meeting jesus in the womb of his mother that's a person out of the womb. yeah you get you also have jeremiah chapter one uh verse five uh before i formed thee in the belly i knew thee so you know yeah so anyway go ahead Roger. <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for coming out and discussing this. It's been a really interesting topic, hopefully. But before we end off, would anyone like to end us off in prayer? I can do it. Glory, Father, help us to understand the Bible more and read the Bible more. Help the mothers of that are going through this. Show them that abortion is wrong. Show them that there is still life in them and is planned. Please pray, Lord, that you help everyone, Lord, and help people that are listening to show, to have faith, Lord, and to help and to act upon what has been said, Lord. Jesus, and pray. Amen. That is one more thing people can do. Pray. Pray that God would end yep. this. Amen. Amen. Justice will be restored. Judgment will be served. So... <laughs> yeah but um i'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening and if you guys have any questions you can leave it in the comment section below or you can leave it on my website faith-arts.com thanks again for tuning in and god bless bye